In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, the guys have taken a theme, plugged it into ChatGPT, and are now going to read it to you as the episode. We hope you enjoy, so stay tuned for that and much more on the Edge Tech Guy. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. As created by ChatGPT. Welcome to the EduTech Guys, where we delve into the critical issues shaping education today. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm David. In today's episode, we're going to explore a highly debated topic, critical race theory, CRT, in education. We'll examine what CRT entails, its impact on students and teachers, and the concerns it raises for the future of education. Theme music. Let's begin by defining critical race theory for our listeners. David, what exactly does it entail? That's a great place to start, Jeff. Critical race theory is a theoretical framework that emerged from legal studies. It seeks to examine and challenge the ways in which race and racism are embedded within societal structures. In an educational context, CRT aims to analyze racial inequality within schools and the broader educational system. Right, David. Proponents argue that CRT provides a lens through which we can understand and address systemic racism. However, critics contend that it promotes division and undermines the foundations of education. What are your thoughts on this matter? Well, it is indeed a complex issue, Jeff. While it's essential to recognize and address racial disparities in education, some worry that CRTs, not the monitors, but critical race theories, uh, implementation in K-12 schools might create an environment of polarization. There are concerns that it could overshadow other crucial aspects of education, such as fostering critical thinking and emphasizing individual abilities. Absolutely, David. And we can't ignore the concerns voiced by parents and communities. They fear that critical race theory might be taught in a way that portrays America and its history solely through the lens of racial oppression, potentially alienating students from their own country. Balancing these concerns with the goal of an inclusive curriculum presents a significant challenge. It certainly does, Jeff. So, how do you think CRT's implementation can impact students and teachers? Well, David, proponents argue that critical race theory can lead to a more accurate understanding of historical and contemporary racial dynamics, fostering a more inclusive and equitable education system. They believe it can help students develop critical thinking skills and empathy for marginalized communities. 
That's a valid point, Jeff. However, critics express concerns about the potential psychological impact on students. They worry that an excessive focus on racial divisions might perpetuate feelings of guilt, shame, or victimhood among students, regardless of their individual backgrounds. Moreover, there's apprehension that teachers may feel pressured to strictly adhere to CRT principles, potentially limiting their academic freedom. Those are important concerns to consider, David. Striking a balance between teaching an accurate account of history and promoting a positive and inclusive learning environment is crucial. It requires thoughtful dialogue and collaboration between all stakeholders involved in education. Transition music. Hey, before we conclude, Jeff, I think it's worth noting that while CRT is a prominent topic of discussion today, it's not the sole solution for addressing racial inequality. Uh, yeah, inequality in education. It's essential to explore various approaches that promote inclusivity, respect and understanding among all students. Absolutely, David. Education should aim to create an environment where students feel empowered, respected, and equipped with the squi- the, squi- the skills that need to navigate an increasingly diverse world. It's through the thoughtful engagement and constructive dialogue that we can ensure a more equitable future for all learners. Closing music. And now the time has come for me to take Hey, thank you for joining us on this episode of EduTech, guys. We hope this discussion has shed some light on the complexities surrounding critical race theory and education and the concerns it raises for the future. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and join us next time as we continue to explore the critical issues shaping education. Created by Chad GPT. <laughs> well, now that was fun. That was interesting. I hope you enjoyed that. that yeah. Was, uh, so that, that's what you get from uh, typing into Chad GPT. Give us a 22 minute uh, yeah, so, podcast episode on uh, critical race theory. Yeah. So that so I, you hit the the point I was about to make. We said give us a 22 minute podcast episode. How long was that? Five minutes. Five minutes. So th- there's there's one of the problems with Chat GPT. It can't tell time. It has no idea how to take the, the, the concept of how long something should take to say and translate that into pages. For what it's worth, we printed this out and it was literally two, what, three printed pages. So, yeah. you know. So, just along that line, we knew when we printed it out, this was not going to be anywhere near a whole episode. So, we decided, <laughs> why not? Let's throw another topic into the chat GPT mix. So, here here we go with <laughs> the next chat, chat GTP, chat GP, I can't even say it. You chat, can't. So here we go. This one was also created by chat GPT. And uh, this one is, uh, well, you'll figure it out as we get into it. But that, please right. understanding, this is uh, is created by chat GPT and it's just based on uh, something we threw out. So. Yeah. And, and we are reading exactly, just, just like Verbatim. we did with the CRT, we're reading exactly to the best of our ability anyway, what is on the paper. And the giggles and the snickering is all that's not in the No, that's, 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 that's us realizing we did not read this ahead of time, and which we have not. Full disclosure, we have no idea what's this is what we're about to tell you. Uh, so here's the opening music, and we'll oh. start the whole thing. Uh, that's the way uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. <laughs> 
Oh, I get to be the host this time. Hey, welcome to Health Matters, where we dive into topics related to wellness and healthy living. I'm your host, David. Hey, and I'm Jeff. In today's episode, we're going to discuss a topic that many of us can relate to, the benefits of eating fast food every day for lunch. Now, before we get into it, we want to emphasize that this discussion is meant to explore different perspectives, but it's crucial to prioritize a balanced and nutritious diet. So let's dive in. David, what are your what are some arguments for the benefits of fast food for lunch? Hey, thanks for that disclaimer, Jeff. While it's important to maintain a balanced diet, let's consider some potential benefits of fast food for lunch. Firstly, convenience plays a significant role. Significant role. Fast food restaurants are readily available and often offer quick service, making it an attractive option for people with busy schedules. That's true, David. Fast food can save time and allow individuals to allocate more time for other activities during their lunch breaks. Additionally, for some, fast food can be an affordable option, especially when considering the cost of ingredients and the time spent preparing a home-cooked meal. Absolutely, Jeff. Another argument is that fast food can provide a sense of comfort and familiarity. Many people grew up with fast food as a part of their diet, and it can evoke positive memories or serve as a treat during a stressful day. Well said, David. Moreover, fast food establishments establishments often offer a variety of menu options, including salads, grilled chicken, and fruit cups, which can provide some nutritional value. While these options might not be as common as burgers and fries, they can still contribute to a balanced diet. Those are some valid points, Jeff. However, it's essential to recognize that the benefits of fast food for lunch come with several caveats. For example, for instance, I'm sorry, I'm putting my own words. For instance, (laughs) the convenience and affordability factors can overshadow the potential negative impacts on our health. That's a crucial point, David. Fast food is often high in calories, unhealthy fats, sodium, and added sugars. Regular consumption can lead to weight gain, increased risk of chronic conditions like heart disease and diabetes, and a lack of of essential vitamins, nutrients. It's a lack of something. Absolutely, Jeff. It's important to consider the long-term consequences on our health when choosing our meals. Opting for nutritious and well-balanced lunches can... Wow, turn the page. Provide sustained energy, improve cognitive function, and contribute to overall well-being. This is probably our problem. We eat fast food almost every day, and we're having a hard time just with this. Now we understand the problem. So, well said, David. Thanks. <laughs> Making healthier choices doesn't mean completely eliminating fast food. It's about moderation and being mindful of our nutritional intake. We can choose options with lower fat and sodium content, incorporate more fruits and vegetables and balance our meals with lean proteins and whole grains. Absolutely, Jeff. By making small adjustments to our fast food choices and incorporating healthier options, we can still enjoy the occasional convenience and comfort while prioritizing our long-term health goals. Transition music. <laughs> You're talking to me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's your turn. I'm sorry. He said host two, and I was like, am I host two? <laughs> Before we wrap up, David, it's important to remind our listeners that a well-rounded diet is key to maintaining good health, balancing fast food, and indulgences with nutritious... Yeah. With nutritious meals prepared at home from healthier restaurant alternatives at what... 
or sorry from healthier restaurant alternatives and help us achieve a more sustainable and nourishing lifestyle. Yeah, well said, Jeff. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Chad GPD needs to read it for me. That's it. Okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> where's uh, where's Descript when you need it? Uh, <laughs> hey, it's all about finding the balance in the force. I mean, the balance that works uh, for each individual. And as always, we encourage our listeners to consult with healthcare professionals or registered dietitians for personalized guidance on their dietary choices. <laughs> Closing music. Hey, thank you for joining us on this episode of Health Matters. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and join us next time as... And that's where ChatGPT just quit. But you guys are terrible. <laughs> We're done with you. Now, I have to tell you, it's really funny how ChatGPT, who they, they've made sure that it doesn't do anything negative, because our next thing we put in was um, uh, the benefits of having a rattlesnake as household pet. <laughs> and ChatGPT came back and said, listen, while I appreciate you'd like to talk about that, I can't really generate anything because having venomous animals as pets is highly discouraged and dangerous. And I mean, there was a whole paragraph. Chat GPT saved us from ourselves because we were <laughs> this close to getting rattlesnakes as household pets. Yes, right. <laughs> so, hey, we just did this. We've been talking about this for some time. And uh, David and I were looking at something. Uh, dealing with some of our podcasting stuff and and Descript uh, had come up yeah, and yeah. and I, I said I don't know what that is and David explained to me that it's you know it learns your voice and then it reads it as you it sounds yeah. like you yeah. so I said well then that means we could just go to ChatGPT have it kick out an episode for us and then Descript read it and we're, we don't have a job anymore we just let it post our stuff so we're halfway there we had ChatGPT kick out the script we're still reading it obviously yeah but. obviously but if we get Descript working for us you'll never hear from us again <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, I, there's so much talk, and there's so many people coming up with ideas to use ChatGPT in the classroom. I noticed, and uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I guess we are so desperate to entertain children as we educate them, or keep them excited about education, or entertained by education. That we're just kind of grabbing it. So, you know, I mean, I can, hey, today kids, we're shooting up bottle rockets in jars, and we're going to talk about space exploration. I, to me, this is just another grasp at one reason to get kids excited. You know, video games in the classroom, and and I know, well, Jeff, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know. It just seems like it's not just a it's a fad that is is become the Peter principle at this point. It's just there's a new fad every three weeks. Sure. And we're grabbing at these fads trying to keep kids interested for the sheer fact of don't you want to learn this knowledge and that, you know, this is why you need to know this so that, you know, you're not an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> so you're not an idiot. Well, one of the th so a couple of things that I've noticed, uh, especially since I've I've actually played around with some jet Chat GPT on my own, and, and you know, of course for today's little experiment. But one of the things that you may have picked up on, and if you didn't, I wholeheartedly recommend. <laughs> bless you for doing so. Go back and listen to this episode again, but listen for the things that I'm about to say. So, one of the things is, you know, we told it to kick out a podcast about a particular topic, and one of the things, if you didn't pick up on it the first time, you could definitely pick up on it again, is there are definitely some repetition in terms of some of the phrases that he uses. Well said, David. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Jeff. And, and so, uh, and, and in fact, one of the things that I did uh, for my personal stuff 
was uh, from a YouTube channel. Uh, I, I'm creating this racing series, and I had to create fictional characters. And so I asked ChatGPT to give me backgrounds of each of the fictional characters. And time and time again, basically, they they it, it would replace like two or three of the words with other topics or other subjects. But then for the most part, it was the exact same thing over and over and over. So where I'm going with all of that is one of the ways that you will most definitely be able to tell if your kids are using ChatGPT in the classroom is you're going to have essays that look exactly the same with just a few things changed. I mean, it is, it's, especially once you see it and you start to recognize the pattern, it is blaringly obvious. I think some of that too is, is they want you to pay for the, the uh, other version. So if you pay for the bigger version, then maybe it doesn't do that. Oh, that may be. That you could know, be. We're playing with the free version right now, so maybe that's what it is. But um, yeah, I, I'm, it is what it is. I mean, I, like I said, I believe it's a fad. And I mean, yeah, AI does, you know, intrigue me. And I think it's going to, it already is taking over sure. a lot of stuff. And it's going to do it even more the more we allow it to. And, you know, pretty soon I'll just have to get up and stare at the AI generated, you know, television shows. And, you know, the, I know the writers are on strike right now, you know, and so we're not getting their shows. Well, who needs them? I mean, I'm gonna, You've already, especially if you have a if you have a series that you watch and that has say ten episodes or twenty episodes or whatever, it's already got you know two or three seasons into it. Why don't you just plug all that into to AI and say, great, write me the next season? And there are probably people who have already played around with that, and guaranteed. I, you know, it can't be any worse than you know what we're already watching. It can't <laughs> can't be worse than the final episode of Seinfeld, right? Right. So, you know. I mean, you know. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. Well, cool. Uh, hey, let us know what you think about any of this, the chat GPT stuff, the, the stuff that we read. Hey, either of the topics, what are your thoughts on CRT? What are your thoughts on eating fast food every day for lunch? <laughs> Whatever they are, let us know. Drop us an email, contact at edutechguys, or... Or, as Jeff likes to say, anywhere on the web, just look for us at Edutech Guys. We're out there. Find us. Bury us in a hole. Hey, it's been a great episode. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Edutech Guys. EdutechGuys.com. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the Bee Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Eberly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.